Charles Coates, also known as Charles the Voice, is a fellow voice actor, and unlike most people I've had on the podcast, he's actually someone I happen to know in person. We were having lunch one day when the subject of the podcast came up, and he mentioned he had a story or two that might be great for the podcast. The story he started to tell me, which he said was one of several, was definitely the type of story I love to hear. The reason I created the podcast in the first place. Like many of us, Charles has had many jobs in the past. Some of these have taken him all around the world. Others have given him experiences he'll never forget. As he talked, I started to feel it. That wonderful feeling you feel when you hear a great ghost story. I've described it here before. Your heart rate rising. Your chest tightens. The hairs on the back of your head standing on end. So I told him, stop. You've got to save it for the podcast. You see, we hear so many of these stories about people seeing things when they're close to death or when they're around someone who is close to death. But what happens if you're in a job that puts you near death all the time? Well, Charles can tell you all about it. I'm Albie Robles, and I want you to scare me. Hey, my name is Charles Coates, and uh, I am a voice actor, and I used to be a paramedic, uh, worked uh, in the emergency room, um, traveled all around the world uh, with previous jobs and things, And uh, but I'm a full-time voice actor now and love what I do and uh, really kind of wanted to share uh, some experiences with you today that are that have stuck in my mind and that really made me think and see things maybe differently and kind of experience things that basically I'll never forget. It's there are things that I'll never forget. So when I was a kid, um, you know, I've always horror movies and being scared is, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Uh, There's that rush. There's that feeling of, you don't know what's happening, you know, and there's that, that feeling that you get, uh, when you watch a scary movie or, you know, you, you, you see something or you, uh, you hear a story that's, it just, it just freezes you. And I don't know, I'm kind of weird. I kind of like that, that feeling. Um, and I think it all started, it's probably not a good thing, but my dad, when I was like, I think I was like seven, my dad of all people rented nightmare on Elm street. And which probably wasn't the best idea, but (laughs) to show a seven-year-old, but it scared me. But I think it was, that was like the, the genesis of me loving scary movies and horror movies and things like that. Like the part, the part that always stuck in my mind was when Freddy Krueger was walking down the the alleyway and he stretched his arms out and he was uh, scraping the, the walls of the alley as he was walking down and you see the silhouette of him. And it scared me so bad. Like, you know, when you, you kind of squint your eyes and you kind of start to plug your ears because you know, something's about to happen. Like 
I love that feeling. And uh, so I think that was probably the genesis of, of me really liking scary stories and, and, and be, being scared for entertainment, I guess. I think the, the type of horror that kind of gravitates me the most is um, when, it's, when it's on the cusp of believable. Like, man, that, if that really happened, like, man, that, that could really happen. And, you know, I like all genres of scary movies. Like I love zombie movies and, uh, you know, all things, all things like that. But I think it's those things that are like, um, the exorcist, uh, the ring, right? So when the ring, when I watch the ring, the part, like, I'm not the kind of person that in the movie theater, I, I say things, right. That kind of annoys me, but I remember fear taking over me. And like that unbelievable feeling is when uh, the girl walked out of the TV, like she climbed out of the well and I was sucked into watching that scene and she started to walk out of the TV. And I remember in the theater, like leaning back in my seat, my eyes were wide open and I actually like out loud said, oh, hell no. Like I was just like, oh my God, like, holy shit, this is scary, dude. Like it turned real, right? Because until then it was kind of these things that happened in the videos and, and, and little things. But then when it became real, like it, okay, now it just manifested into something that's really going to hurt me. Like, oh shit, here it comes. And so like, I think those types of movies are uh, what I really get drawn towards. Like other things that scare me is when it's not necessarily a jump scare, but when the camera is pan back and you can see the background and you see something move like quickly across the screen in the back, like, because you get that feeling of, Oh shit, like something's there, something's real. Right. And, uh, like, I don't know, maybe if it's Chucky, right. You just see this little like in the background and you see something flash across you like, Oh my God, like it's there, dude. Like, Oh shit. The person doesn't see it. Ah, like it's scary. Like, I love that feeling. When I was, um, younger, I, I believed in the paranormal. Um, because just things that have happened in my life, things that were kind of unexplained. Um, I've had a couple different experiences and then later on in life, there was some experiences that I had that's like, okay, there's, there's definitely spirits. There's definitely like good and evil. And when I say evil, I'm talking about like pure evil, like you're coming with me kind of evil. And you know, that's, that's some of the, the experiences that I want to share today with you. But yeah, I would say, I would say I've had instances and I, I now believed in the paranormal since I was a kid. There was one particular incident. Um, I was a kid, I was in Illinois. Uh, it was kind of uh, in the country and there was, and I don't know if it's because I was a child and my mind was starting to, you know, wander and believe the sounds and things that, that I heard and saw. But I remember there was uh, on the property uh, there, it's like a 15 acre property and there's uh, way back in the back of the property, there's a creek and there's a cave down there. And they were always like, you know, don't go down to the cave because, you know, there could be, you know, animals or something in there. But, you know, you're a kid, you're exploring, you know. And I remember going down there and I wanted my cousin to go with me, uh, but he, he couldn't come with me. So I went down there. I think I was like, I think I was like 11. And I remember going down there and it's that surreal feeling when, you know, the, the sun's kind of like coming through the trees, the sunlight's coming through the trees. There's like that little trickle of water. It's really quiet. You hear some little birds chirping 
And I remember, and it was kind of cold down in the valley. And I remember walking to the entrance of the cave and the cave, I would say is probably six feet uh, at the opening. And you can, the sunlight wasn't too much because it's down in that valley. And you can see about, I would say maybe three to four feet into the cave. And I remember I went in and uh, number one, I was, I was afraid, right. But I, it was a cave and I wanted to explore. So I started crawling in there and <laughs> I swear, dude, at the back of the cave, like it wasn't, an, it was not an animal sound, but it was like this, it was like whispers, you know? And like, I couldn't make out what it was saying, but it was definitely like whispers of like talking, like, you know, something like that. And I was like, hello? Right. And I was like, hello. And I was like, that this it was weird. Right. And so I said it again. I was like, hello, is anybody back there? Cause I was thinking maybe like there's a homeless person in there or something. And I remember I went back further, went back further. I had, <laughs> I had my, uh, it was like a Mickey mouse flashlight from Disneyland uh, that I had. That's like my official exploration tools that I had when I was young. And, and I shined it back there and it went pretty far back, like so far back that I now I was getting kind of scared. I didn't want to go back further. And then I heard like, I don't know if it was pebbles or some little rocks, like, like falling back there. And it kind of did this echo thing. And I was like, shit, there's something back there. And I shined the light back further. I started going back into the cave a little bit more and I actually got to the back of it. And there was nothing in there, like nothing. There wasn't any like bones or, or like matting or an animal would be or anything like that. And, uh, and I was in the back of the cave and I fucking heard it again. Like, and I was like, holy shit. Like, and, and I bolted out of there and, and I thought, dude, it was on my mind for like weeks, dude. And I was like, that had to be like, what was it? There was nothing there. But you hear this, you hear this, this whispering sound. And I remember when I was in the back of the cave, it was super cold back there. Right. And like, you know how you get the little hairs on your neck that kind of lift up, like, like you sense that something's not right or something else is there. And, and it was on my mind for two weeks and I went back. Right. Because I was like, okay, like, that's just my mind playing tricks on me or something. And I went back to the cave and same thing happened, dude. And I sat in the back of the cave. And the weird part is the second time I went back there, like once you're in the very back of the cave, you can, you can see the light out of the front. Right. So now it's about 20, I'd say 20 to 25 feet back into the cave. And I remember sitting on the back wall and with my back up against the back. And, you know, by that time it's gotten pretty narrow and I'm kind of, hunched over with my legs sitting Indian style, uh, in the back. And I heard it again, dude. And this, but the second time I heard it, it was a little bit louder and I could almost kind of make out what they were saying. It was, it was just a little more clear this time. And the crazy part is everything like the brightness from the outside, it was like a big cloud came over the sun and everything got super dark in the cave. And I heard like, it was like the fucking sound was like right next to my head. 
and I still couldn't make out what it was saying, but it was like, now instead of like, it was like, and I was like, fuck this. And I was out and I never went back to that cave. And I don't know, man, I, I don't know what it was. I talked to my uncle cause it was his property. And he said like, you know, this was uh, native American land uh, a long time ago. And uh, you know, this, I don't know if the Valley had any particular significance to like burials or whatever, but, but I don't know, man, I, I swear, dude, I was hearing something was trying to connect with me. Something was one time I was, uh, we went to a call. It was at a kidney dialysis center. And if you haven't been around people that do kidney dialysis, uh, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty humbling environment to be around because a lot of people with that have to do dialysis, they have to go like every like three or four days for their whole life. And like, they can't go anywhere. So it's, it's not the happiest place to be. Right. And I remember we got called there uh, for a guy. He was, um, he was having, he was having some issues, some complications and we get there and he's on one of the dialysis chairs and he's kind of like reclined back and he's super cold, diaphoretic, uh, like super sweaty, uh, very clammy. And he's having like arrhythmia problems and he's hooked up to the machines and we get there and the dude crashes, right? He full out has a heart attack crashes. And, you know, we, we break out all the, the life pack. We get everything uh, hooked up to him to, to get ready to, to deliver uh, electric shock, to jump his heart again. We jump his heart. He comes back and now because of the position, I was actually straddling him. I was on top of him and I was doing chest compressions, right? So I'm looking like directly at his face and we, we I jump off, we, uh, we zap him, we zapped him twice and he comes back. He's kind of disoriented, doesn't know where he is. Um, and he starts to crash again, right? So we're powering everything up. I get back on top of him. I'm doing chest compressions. He like wakes back up. And when I say that, you know how you say that fear, true fear, like eyes of the windows to the soul kind of thing. This guy looks at me, like just opens his eyes, looks at me. And he like, he's looking dead in my eyes. Like I'm like two feet away from his face, right? Cause I'm pretty much leaned over him. And the guy looks at me and he has like no expression on his face. And then all of a sudden the dude puts his arms straight out in front of him, right? Like, so now his hands are like on the side of my head, right? Past my head, his arms are. And he looks at me and he screams, right? He screams with like, not like, not like, um, ah, something's happening to me, but like, he is not here. Like he is not seeing me. This dude is literally looking straight through my face. And when I looked at his eyes, I saw a hundred, a hundred percent sheer, absolute terror. And he leaned up a little bit and he screams not, and I'm talking about like full breath, like, And I, and then he's like, like he's falling, like he's falling into a fucking pit of hell. Okay. 
Like he is falling down and he knows like he's going someplace fucking bad. And he's, and he's screaming and he's looking. And it was crazy because when I looked at his eyes, it was just like this. I can't explain it. It's absolute terror. This guy was terrified and he was falling back. Like he was falling back and, and he like leans and he starts to lean back slowly. And then the scream, like he screamed until there was no more air. Right. And boom, he just arms went limp gone and we couldn't bring him back anymore. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like I've been around people that have passed away a lot. And, but this guy was like, I don't know, dude, he was not going to a good place. And he was terrified at his last moment of his life. Man, I'm sorry. I'm getting my heart's like beating. (laughs) Um, And it was, it was just, it was insane because I'd never experienced that. Like I've never felt somebody's terror like that before. And I've been to car wrecks. I've been to people being mangled up and stuff. And, but this guy was, it was just so in the moment, like right there in front of me. Like I just had that bird's eye view, literally two feet from his face. And it was, it was, it was intense, man. And, and I, and I really think that that dude was going someplace that he was terrified to go to. I remember one time, uh, this was actually before I was a paramedic, I was a, I was a a runner for x-ray. And so, you know, basically I was just an orderly and I would, uh, they would give me a ticket and I would, they say, Hey, you need to bring this person from room, you know, X, Y, Z down from whatever part of the hospital to get a CAT scan or get a, an x-ray or something like that. And I, and I went up to this lady's room and she had, she was, you know, she was riddled with cancer and she had been comatose, uh, I think for like three weeks. Right. And she was, she was, she was, she was on her deathbed, right? She wasn't, she wasn't going to really, she wasn't going to bounce back from this. And I remember going to the, I remember going to the room and um, it, it's the room set up. It's a single patient room. I walked down the hallway, I parked the bed outside and you, so just to kind of picture the room, you walk in, it's a little tiny little hallway, a short one, and then opens up to a square room and it has a window and there's one bed there. And on the right side of me, there's uh, like a little closet door. And then there's another door. Uh, and that's the bathroom, the patient's bathroom. And, you know, I, I knocked on the door kind of quietly, like you always do when you walk into a room and she was laying on the bed and I think she had like six, five or six people. I think it was her family members. They were just sitting around her bed because like I said, it was, it was that time. Right. And, you know, I had to pick her up for a CAT scan and I was like, hi, I'm here to, to pick up the patient to, uh, you know, I said her name to, to go down to get a CAT scan. And right when I did that, this lady now, mind you, she has been unresponsive in a coma, not moving. She's like withered away, um, on the bed now for over three weeks, right? This lady sits up in bed like like a fucking vampire movie right just straight up right now remember n- nothing for weeks no words no movement no nothing she sits straight up in bed and looks at me like with just her eyes are like they're just huge right and her family is like whoa what the hell like 
well, they didn't know what to do. Right. It was just all of a sudden. And she looks at me and I'm like, oh, hi, my, uh, my name's Charles. I'm here to take you to CAT scan. And she's like, no, no. And I'm like, it's okay. It's just a routine CAT scan. Like, I don't know what's happening. I'm thinking like, what the heck's going on? And, and she points at me. She's like, no, he's here to take me. He's here to take me. And I'm like, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm just here to take you to CAT scan, you know, this and that. And I realized she's not pointing at me. I'm standing next to that bathroom door. Right. And the door is like half, halfway open. So you can't see into the bathroom because it's dark in there. And she's, and then I realized she's pointing at the bathroom, right? Cause I'm standing right next to the bathroom door and she's like, he's looking at me. He's looking at me. He's here to take me. And now I'm like, holy shit. She's not talking about me, dude. And, and she's, and she's pointing and pointing. And then like, you know, I thought about it and, you know, evil lurks in dark places, right? Evil lurks in the shadows. And, and she's like, no, no, no. Like, she's like freaking out. Like, no, no, no. Don't let him take me. Don't let him take me. And the, the rational part of my mind is she's still, is she talking about me? Right. Like she's, is she talking about me? And when she said, he's looking right at me. No, no, no. And then she's like, no. And then falls straight back in bed, fucking dead as a doornail, dude, like gone. And what I, and I believe whatever, whatever was sitting in that bathroom terrified her. Right. So like, was it a, was it this like demon? Did it have red eyes? Did it, whatever it was, this entity that was in that bathroom was waiting there for its time to take her. And and I just happened to get there at that time, I think. And, and he took her, dude, whatever it was, it took her. And it was the last second of her life. Again, you know, it's, it's one of those, like at the last moment of your life, something's here to take you. And she was obviously not comforted by whatever that spirit or entity was that was lurking in the darkness behind that, that cracked open door in that dark bathroom but it was sitting there waiting to take her and it took her dude. And she was, and literally, like I said, that last scream and then boom, fall right back into bed, flatlined. I'm running to the nurse's station, get the crash cart, this and that. And they didn't bring her back. She was, she was gone. And I, and I really believe that something evil was waiting to take her. That was literally right next to me and, and nobody in the room or me knew or could see it but she could. I got like goosebumps, dude. Like, um, but you know, it's, uh, I, I, I thank you for, for letting me share my story because you know, it's, uh, it's something real, right? So I think also because it's something real that I've experienced, um, it's just that more scary because, you know, we go day to day thinking that, you know, it's, Oh, scary movies and spirits and demons and whatever. But like when you see it happen in real life to somebody else right in front of your eyes, 
it's kind of undeniable, dude. It's, it's undeniable that that's real, right? It's not a, it's not something in the movies. It's not something just in a, in a story, but like that is real terror. And that is, and like I said, those just, just those moments really changed my life and perspective on things because I would hopefully have the, uh, I don't know, the good experience at the end and not, not anything that's even a fraction of what I saw these people experience because I, I really think it's real. Um, if you ever want to contact me for, you know, any kind of, uh, storytelling, um, or you want to contact me for, you know, any kind of voiceover, uh, work, I'm always available. You can go to charlesthevoice.com uh, is my website and uh, have my link tree, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that on there. Do you want to try to scare me? If you've had or have heard about a paranormal experience you'd like to share, or if the area you live in has a particularly scary legend or lore, I want to hear it. Send an email to scareme at albirobelesvoice.com. Scare Me is produced by Alvi Robles Voice and features original music by Adam Clifton. Additional sound beds are provided by Stephen D. Voiceovers. You can follow us on social media. We are Scare Me Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For voiceover booking information or to inquire about having your own podcast produced, go to www.alvirobelesvoice.com.